Anything to shake this but I'm in But, 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 Back at it again with another episode of the Shades of Blue Soccer Show. The full gang is here. No Sporting KC game this week, but we have a lot to talk about. Uh, the Yanks played. The Yanks played terrible, of course, giving us a lot to talk about. KC current in the playoffs. So, yes, we have a lot to talk about, but uh, I guess let's let's start off with Sporting KC stuff. We have Seattle Sounders this weekend. Really all left to play for is to spoil things for them. Which is a good a good consolation prize. Yay. Yes. Uh, but I, I think we should just mainly talk about off-season stuff, right? We're so used to the off-season moves coming so quickly uh, after the season is done. So let's just go ahead and like start on the start on the back line. Who's staying? Who's going? Robert, you have any suggestions? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've all talked years and years about Fontes' contract, have we not? So I would think, since he's out of contract, that he would probably be the one that would be jettisoned. What do you think, fellas? Jettisoned is the word we're using for Fontas. Wow. Like out of a plane? Like a <laughs> yeah, jettis- jettison doesn't feel hey, right for him. He played well this year. That's how it felt last year when yeah. so many cuts were made. Boom, boom, boom. People were indeed jettisoned last yes. year. It's yes. too yeah. soon to talk about Elia leaving. <laughs> uh, okay, well, so let's, let's talk about some things. So Fontas is 32. Um, he makes 1.1 million and change out of contract. Uh, but we can't talk about Fontes without also talking about Isimat Marin, who sure. has an option, right? So he's out of contract, but has an option to be picked up. Izzy's what, 30? Yes. He's 30 and he makes $1 million. So he's not substantially cheaper than Fontes. I would, I'd find it hard to believe that the club would get rid of both I'm using air quotes and an audio medium starting center backs um, in the same off season. Why? 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 <laughs> That's $2 million. That wasn't Cody's fault. And that was, that was a fine right there, Cody. <laughs> I'm not just even looking your way, man. That, this was like your... a, this was a no look pass. <laughs> he, man. Did. I just... he just no looked me on that fine. Just continue your conversation. <laughs> Doesn't that well, curse you? Like, shall we? Anyway. Well, I, I guess that my question is when you say, why are you talking philosophically like why or are we talking practically why take it how you want like, lawyer why well so why? philosophically like for me if i'm the technical director i'm getting rid of both maybe offering fontis a chance to come back on a lower contract but i'm getting rid of both i think we need two new starting center backs or to give courtney ford a chance to start so technical director do you have a lead on replacements uh, yeah, the new FIFA's not out yet. Do you do it without the safety net? What are we doing here? The new FIFA's not out Of course, the team's scouting, right? It, right. If, they're, if, if Brian Bliss and Peter Vermees don't have a lead on who might be a new center back, then we've got problems. We also paid a transfer fee for Volater. And so if we don't think that he's at some point in the near future going to be the guy, there's also problems. How many center forwards do we try to sign that just didn't work out? God forbid that happens with center backs. I mean... I'd argue that that's what has happened this year with center backs. It's a Matt Marin and like, and Fontes haven't worked out this year, but I, you know, again, I don't think you can talk about what to do on the back line without talking about them as a pairing. The pairing has not worked. So the question is, you know, do you think the club will get rid of one, both or neither? I think one is what the club will do, not what they should do, but what they will do. The, the argument I always hear about getting rid of one versus two is it'll be hard for two of them to come in and uh, build a new chemistry with each other. Well, you know what? There will still be two players trying to build yeah. chemistry with each other if you only get rid of one. 
it's Agreed. still the same issue there. So I, I do, I do the ultimate decision comes down to who you have in that pipeline to bring in. You got one player to bring in. It's the athletic speedy guy by Izzy. If it's the more controlled passing guy, it depends on who you also have in the six coming in. If you have a six coming in. So if it's, if it's a passing kind of center back, then maybe it's Fontas that goes. And in either case, if Fonta stays, it has to be a lower contract. That's yeah. my opinion. I'll be quiet now. Agreed. Well, Agreed. Thoughts are you got Ford as a backup for Izzy. Yeah. You don't really have a ready to go in for Andre Fontas backup. Well, I mean, Older, I don't think he's the man. I mean, should Ford be? Well, definitely not for Fontas and playing the ball around like that. Right. No. Right. Should Ford be the backup for Izzy? I mean, or, or could those two work together? That's another question. So. Is he supposed to be our athletic center back? He was supposed to be the heir to the Ico Para, you know, solver of all of our problems. The high bar, though. It is. But Izzy last year showed a lot of flashes of being that super athletic, you know, almost like sweeper center back. This year, that's not him. The number of open headers he's given up at the back post, the number, the amount of ball watching he's done has been bad. And then he's not contributing... Uh, you know, we, we, he's a better passer than I think maybe people give him credit for, but uh, his goals added on the year is negative, right? Whereas you compare him to Fontis, and Fontis, who led the league in goals added last year, is still positive. He's fifth in MLS this year and what we'd consider a down year for Fontis. So, you know, my analysis, even though Izzy's younger, I don't know that he's taking advantage of this addition and you know this this additional athleticism he's got over Fontes and at least Fontes is more of a progressive passer and is contributing to the attack more well the other thing I see here too is if we think replacing our center backs is going to solve everything it's not as far as defense goes so um that number six is a key component or whatever else changes might be made um but let's think about this too that Izzy is not going to reach Nico Parabar, first of all. Second of all, even if you try to combine Ford and Izzy back in that center line together in some way, because I don't think it's going to work because we need a left-footed guy in there, and neither one of them are the passer we need to be, what else can you do besides sign a big-time DP center back? I don't know you need to sign a big-time DP center back. Well, if he's DP, he's big time. <laughs> well, I'm not saying it has to be a DP. I mean, yeah, it there's a there's a certain dollar amount that rises up to that that's not DP, and then you can tam him and all that type of stuff. Right, so right. There's some of that that comes into play, but I, again, we we've there's I don't know which center backs are available. I don't know what they have in that pipeline, so it's really hard to make that decision. But I think there are probably at least some guys out there that are in that 700,000 range that are younger. Because that was the other thing about Fontes is he's at that age where he could go downhill in in two weeks. I mean, like, go from playing at his best to done. We've seen that before. Um, Izzy's probably not quite in that age group, but he's also getting up there. So... I would like a MLS good quality center back in there, and then we can talk about protecting those center backs a little better in the f- in the front of them. It's also a matter of you know what skill sets easier to replace. It's easier to replace the ath- the sheer athleticism, somebody who's pacey, than it is to replace somebody who's got the ability to hit a diagonal switch or the ability to hit that incisive pass, right? 
Also, I, I think there's a real problem if we're spending DP money on a, on a defender. There's like two DPs in the league that are on defense. Like, the, you have to pay for goals. That's how soccer-nomics yeah. works. So, I, that, yeah. that was my initial response to the that idea of well of i mean DPs. i was i don't know dp level but somebody we're going to pay at least as much money as we're paying what we got now someone who would be dp level but we've bought them down with tam and jam and they're not a DP. <laughs> the the other thing to consider is that one of the reasons we needed ike one of the reasons that we needed uh fontis was that zussi got so far forward and wasn't able to always get back on defense that it was important to have a right-sided center back who could shift over and cover that space that's vacated by Zussi. Well, I, and this is another conversation for us to have, but I don't know what that team looks like if Zussi's going to be playing that much next year. Caden Pierre looked really solid in the time that he got. Caden Pierre doesn't need as much coverage. He's still getting his legs under him as a defender, but he's so much faster than Zussi, so his recoveries are different. Do you really need the paciest center back on the right side, or are you looking for a different player profile if Caden Pierre is the future? That might matter how much you decide you're going to high press too. The more space you're going to leave, the higher line you're going to play, the more space you leave behind you. So that might play in there as well. But yeah, I agree. We've got Ndenbe and Pierre, those speedy backs that can uh, you know cover some issues that maybe couldn't before, for sure. Is is he? Is that an option? Is that I think right. so. why this is a question? Okay, yeah. we're not. Yeah, I was going to say we're not talking about buying him down, right? Okay, yeah, I'm. Uh, and he was here. He played two years, right? I think so. Yes. Yeah, yes. I don't Two have it pulled up right then, in front. Yes, yeah. and then the option for the third. Yeah, I'm on. Yeah, I'm on. Keep Fontas and uh, and Jettison, <laughs> is he? Which is weird because a lot. Of, I think a lot of fans would be kind of the opposite of that. I mean, I'm not totally sure, but now well, I am. A lot of people the, have blamed Fontas for stuff so. with the stipulation there that he would he would have to um, hey, give us the I love Kansas City discount. <laughs> <laughs> I've moved my family here and we've fallen in love. Kansas City discount. And he does love Kansas City. He does. Because we know that because we interviewed him. Yes. And he told us all of that. And you can go <laughs> listen to that podcast right now. So, Zussi, I think also, since we're talking about the back line, I think Zussi also has an option. Yes, so, and we know your opinion on well, that. Well, the way you're wording that is it's probably the team's option, not Zussi's option. Right. It's right. a team option. Yeah. So, uh, and... All right, Cody. What, I dare you to stand is, here and say and say that we should get rid of Graham Zussi. Say it to my face. So this is the part of the podcast where I'd encourage everybody listening to go to thebluetestament.com, which is the website we write for. <laughs> we being uh, Thad, Robert, and I, uh, not Cody. Uh, <laughs> where we have an article actually talking about um, all of these roster decisions. Uh, and you can see my personal thoughts on what we should do with Graham Zussi, which is that I think we should actually pick up the option. Yeah, I read that. I read that. I knew all. I knew all of that information. Well, that's good. So you've come around. Graham Zussi tried hard enough this year, ran hard enough that uh, that he convinced you. It's the cost of the contract is low enough to justify the value. He makes four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So, assuming that that's still the value in twenty twenty three, or it's substantially similar, that doesn't it doesn't hamstring us with the cap there's a value to having a veteran presence. We're presumably going to lose Roger. I'm guessing we're going to lose Roger. Having a veteran guy who knows what PV wants, who can mentor Caden Pierre, who can talk to, Log- you know, mentor Logan and Dinbe. There's a lot of value. In mentor that. from ahead of him or from behind him in the depth chart? Hopefully behind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a big Caden fan, Caden Pierre fan as well. That, that was that was a great season for him. And, and 
But then Graham Zusi also, I think maybe maybe was even better this year than he was last year, except for when he was hurt. Right. Yes, which is also a part of being old. So valid, yeah. valid Amen. to Amen, factor brother. that in here. <laughs> Um, so just a, I'm going to throw a little note. I was out at training today. Roger Espinoza is one of the people that we talked to. And in talking to him, he said, because uh, the question is about playing, you know, what do you have left to play for this year? And he said about, uh, we're all playing for contracts next year. He didn't say they are playing <laughs> for contracts. We are doing it. So that brings us to the midfield. Roger's always going to be a we. And is Roger, did Roger play himself into that contract? Hold on, hold or on, or, or, or miss it. we're forgetting somebody on the back line. Okay, I just felt like that was a natural segue. Yes, we can. Yeah. Let's go back before we get to the get to the midfield. Oh, you're sweating it. Who are we? Who are we forgetting? I, I think we're all unanimous on it, aren't we? On Tim. Oh, <laughs> oh I was on. Ben Sweat's got a guaranteed. That's technically not a line. Ben, but okay. Well, Ben's <laughs> part of the defense. Ben Sweat's got on a guaranteed yes. contract. Okay, so Tim, the the keeper situation, valid what, discussion here. What would you do, Cody? What would I do? Would you uproot him? <laughs> Or would you trim his contract? That was pretty good. Thank you. Do you chop down Tim's hopes of being here for a while longer? (laughs) Keep going. We got any more of those? Somebody else? (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I I think I've cut that one down a lot. Um, I am torn on the keeper situation. I think we could move on from Tim Melia, but I don't necessarily know... Uh, that Zendejas is the guy either. Who? Oh, oh, what? No. How much money? What? How much <laughs> money does Cody owe all of us? Oh, I also don't think Zendejas is the guy. <laughs> Considering he's a backup in Minnesota, oh, now. the big bear is going to get you for that one, Cody. The big bear and his big paws. We we kind of interviewed the guy at one point this year. Yes, Jonathan Pulsecamp is. <laughs> I'm not sure if Jonathan Pulsecamp is the is the guy or not. So, you any beer as, so were you just trolling us with that beer as evidenced by my forgetting his name very briefly? <laughs> wow, Pulse Camp. Uh, and for the record, I liked Zendejas when he was here. <laughs> I knew it was going to be a rough one today, but I've already been fined twice, and we're only we're not even fifteen minutes in. What's the question now? Do we re-sign Timmy, or do we let Adrian Zendejas uh, be our? Are, are either of those our keeper is my question. Uh, Pulse Camp is the keeper of the future. So the question comes down to, do you sign Tim? And will t- Tim sign for a lesser amount of money to understandably not be the guaranteed starter? Because he Peter is going to put out whoever's playing the best and whoever he thinks is going to get him the win at that day. So it's not going to be like, oh, this is Pulse Camp's team. We're going to let him play all the time if – if he thinks Pulse Camp is the better option, he'll play him. If he thinks Tim's a better option, he'll play him. So it's or I mean, if somebody needs rest, I mean that's obviously a change there. But so it's Tim needs to understand that he's not going to come in and just win the job, which I think he's smart enough to know that. I mean he's he's not a dumb guy, but he's also pretty old and just got to make sure that he's worth the amount of money that you put there. So Tim. Is on $530,000 a year at 36 years old. And if you do sign him, it better be a short-term contract. Like one year. See, you know, keeper keepers can play longer, right? Keepers can play into their late 30s. I don't know that a two-year deal for $400,000, $500,000 uh, is going to be. A one-on-one. One, and one. one yeah. with an option? Yeah. 
It's a nice insurance policy to have. Right. Yeah. But is it a down year or was it him showing age from Timelia this year? Or a little bit of both? Well, let me ask this. Was a down year from Tim better, worse, or the same than what Pools Camp did this year? Slightly better, in my opinion. Mm, that's a good question. I think Pulse Camp got better throughout the year. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think Tim had sections of the year where he was poor and sections of the year he was almost normal Tim. But I think those sections keep getting bigger and more troublesome of when Tim has the poor run of form. Yeah, but those Pulse Camp errors, not commanding his box, letting the goals in near post just stand out. And he's going to learn from them. Yeah. But uh, good to have an insurance policy of Tim and sign him for a year. I mean, look, we have a history of doing that with Espinosa. We have a history of doing that with Zuzi. Did we sign Beasler to a lower contract at some point after his big one? I don't know if we did or not, but we have a history of doing those type of things. Yeah. Peter Vermees does. So right. I would expect to see that. At least an offer and a, an attempt. Right. I like John Poole's camp. He's 21 years old, and he made a lot of mistakes that a 21-year-old's going to make. Sure. So – Melia has has based so much of what he does on his incredible reaction time and athleticism that, you know, that is certainly, I think, going to start to abandon him more and more. He right. won't be able to rely on that as heavily and needs to probably trend more into the Jimmy Nielsen, like, positioning, um, although Jimmy was a very underrated athlete. But um, Tim doesn't let in some of the goals that Pools Camp let in. John had some Boom. real howlers. Some real howlers. It's really late with that, but boom. Okay, sorry. You want me to say Jimmy Nielsen again? Yeah, so you say can do say it. Jimmy okay. Nielsen again for me. Jimmy Nielsen. Boom. Okay. Sorry. Go on. My personal opinion is to bring Tim back because I I still think Tim now is better than Pools Camp now. I think it depends on which part of the season we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and considering Tim's not playing right now, I I would say that's wrong. But no, I understand what you mean though. I'm just giving <laughs> crap. Zendejas. Oh. Zendejas is not playing well. Very out of form. <laughs> the midfield. Where do we begin in the midfield? We kind of already got started with Roger Espinosa there. Did Roger play himself into a contract? I don't think it's a matter of Roger playing himself into a contract. We know he can still play, albeit for lesser length in a match than he could before. But uh, I think it's a matter of what are we going to do with Tommy, Kinda, Voltaire, Hernandez, Duke, all these other guys in the midfield, where's space for them to get time, you know, and, and to, to be out there doing what they do if Roger's in the mix? Yeah, there's probably space, but does that take away time from Hernandez, time from Duke, if you're going to keep Duke, etc. So I think that's a, a question with Roger. Well, one thing you always, when you say that, like, how are we going to get them time if this guy's here? You still have to remember Peter doesn't give people time just to get them time. Oh, I know. It's, it's, if he has a guy on there that could be 109 years old, but goes out and plays better than the 19 year old, he's putting him out there. I know. I know. At some point though, I think Peter even realizes you've got to play him for the future. I mean, he's done that finally getting over Sinovic. He's done that with Shelton. So maybe he's leaning a little more in that way. And I think in all cases though, there were what he considered to be better options. Right, right. No matter what he said during the season when those players <laughs> right. were getting time because he didn't have the other options. Yeah. And and I have to, uh, like, self-punish myself. I said Zendejas was with Minnesota. He's with Charlotte. Ha, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Jalen Lindsay with, Cody? 
Matt, um, um, the new team. What's the, where's this, where's that? Charlotte. Name? Charlotte. <laughs> <I was laughs> what like, I just said. Oh, oh, is that what you, I wasn't listening to you. I <laughs> couldn't get Carolina out of my head. They're, they're the colors of, of, that's of where Carolina, Carolina is. On my yeah. mind. I know, that's why, but I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't but, get and, the name out of my head. But the reason I made the mistake was because it was another former SKC keeper that was with Minnesota. It was 100% Eric Dick. <laughs> so, I, I, honestly, Roger had a pretty decent year. He oh, yeah. he looked better than he had in, I think, last year. Um, I think Roger presents a tactical issue of if you've got a guy who can only go 45 minutes, and he'll go crazy, he'll go as hard as he possibly can for 45, but you know he's going to have to be subbed out. What does that do to you tactically? Or opposite. I mean, don't yes. we all agree that Voltaire... Tommy and Kenda, assuming Kenda comes back, is going to be our starting midfield for most of the season. Absolutely, do we agree with that? Absolutely, Sarah, Tommy and Kenda. Yes. Yeah. Okay. If with a, if everybody's healthy and there's no other changes, yes. Okay, so then Roger would be a sub unless he's playing in Gotti's, you know, in that spot until Gotti comes back or a yeah. spot, yeah, or, or somebody else takes that spot. And right. I I think Peter has realized that he has, and it's partly because he has more options right now that he's played. Roger a lot of 45 minutes or 60 minutes or 30 minutes in the last couple months yeah. because he's had the option of Tommy there when he didn't have him he played a lot more right and I think he realizes that and again we we may disagree with some of those decisions he makes but that is the logic that he has he has the players and he'll sub more if he doesn't have the players guys stay in yeah you said if nothing changes there are you expecting to see some changes I have to think he'll bring in and the, the, someone new. A new face will enter the midfield before next season. There, I know uh, another the the most controversial controversial decision <laughs> in the midfield is probably whether or not you buy out Yuri's contract. Yeah, and then you bring in another six. Then you would have to get another six, exactly. Yeah, because there's nobody else that's really a six that's on the roster right now. Um, there's n- nobody that's at SKC two that's coming up to be that six. So even if it's not, I'm a lot of people will say Voltaire is not a good enough six. I'm okay with him being the six again. It it's that chain reaction and the it's the yeah. whole t- 11 that's out there. It's not one individual player, whether they're good enough, it's how they fit in with uh, the rest. Yeah. If you have Tommy and Kenda in front of them and fast guys on the side and all that stuff, I think Voltaire is, quite serviceable six and can take the team into the playoffs and do some damage. I don't know if they're cup winners. We've had that discussion on other spots, but, but I also think that Vermese is very particular about that position. Yeah. And I think he, I, I mean, yeah, Yuri's got to go, right? I I think Yuri has to go, but, and then, and then I think from there, I think he would be looking to find someone that, that would at least push Voltaire out of that spot or, you know, challenge him for it. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, it goes back to our center back discussion a little bit. Why is Uri there in the first place? Because he can pass well. At least that was the theory. At least that was. <laughs> <laughs> so we need that guy who can break lines, who can play, you know, balls that find those forwards, um, you know, consistently. The reason Uri is there is he was a cheap backup too. Uh, right, but he also Jose did Maury, at one time have that quality. <laughs> oh, Jose Maury. Always we're gets gonna, me. That we're going to blame everything on that. It just guy. shoots. It just shoots. Deep within me, every time I hear that name, and he's still. I, last time I checked, he didn't have a team. Still, yeah, I never knew if he was any good. I don't think any of us knew if he's any good. Anyway, hey, talk trash on us though. 
Okay, I think we covered the midfield well enough. Is there a <laughs> controversial decision at the forward line? Well, so Felipe's also out of contract. You got to bring him back, right? I think Duke's a question, personally. Duke has an option. How much Felipe wouldn't be expensive, right? Felipe was on eighty-five thousand dollars a year this past year. Okay. This this season, he's on eighty-five thousand. Quite honestly, he should go up to a couple hundred thousand <laughs> at least. I thought Felipe's had a really nice season. Yeah, he's, he's progressing after sitting out a year. Half a year. Yeah. Half a year. It was like July Fourth weekend last year. So then the question: Would you pick up Cam Duke's option? Uh, yeah, he's got to be fairly cheap. 93. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sign him up. Let's go. Yeah. You think he's progressed enough? Well, no. I, I, I actually said multiple times on here that I I wanted uh, more progression from almost all of these play the kids this season. What about some of the decisions he made on the field this year? Are you referencing, like, major decisions that I should be well, the red card. knowing? Yeah, yeah. For one, but then you know, Pulse Camp time lesson after that for sure. Pulse Camp got the got the pass for being twenty one. Can mm-hmm. can and can those guys? And if you're gonna say that about Duke, then you know we've talked about Felipe's shithousery every now and then as well. Yeah, I know right, I don't I right. don't think he got a red card for one, but well, yeah. and also slapping the keeper on the back of the head that one time that should have been a red card. He rubbed his head gently. <laughs> he rubbed but him I'll gently. It was in, it was in sympathy and empathy for the poor keeper situation. I don't know what you're talking about, I mean, man. Why are you such a Felipe hater? I'm not. I'm not I'm yeah, we're moving on from goalies to, to, to Felipe's. <laughs> uh, I mean, Cam Duke had five yellows and a red in 1,200 minutes. Roger had 11 yellows. 11 <laughs> yellows and a red in 1,700 minutes. There we Set go. Set a career high in yellow. There's Rogers replacement. The thing with Duke him. is he goes backward too much um, with the ball, I think. And we have seen a history of sporting moving on from players who may be young and on small contracts, but they just aren't in their plans. They haven't progressed enough or mm-hmm. whatever reason. That's true. So I, I mean, think a lot of that he might be the expendable guy in the midfield if that's yes. what they're going to do because he's going to be played behind what Tommy and Kenda in a sense, right? Because he's kind of more of the attacking, or is he not? Yeah, I've seen that yeah, role. Yeah, that he role. probably. Is. I mean, we've never really seen him at the six. I don't think so. Right. Yeah. But he is kind of a utility player in that he can play a outside back. He can. he can play a winger. He can play a midfielder. I mean, he can play a. You know, he did that for he's a team Jimmy. that was suffering injuries and age too, though. Well, so. No, I know. I'm not saying yeah. that that's his right, right, his yeah. main thing. But that's that just sounds, it. Is you can have him worth, on the. That sounds worth ninety five thousand for yeah. next year. <laughs> and even if he's not progressing greatly, he's a. Uh, off the bench sub when you have shorthanded or you know yeah. massive injuries or you we'll know. see um, and and you know again we don't see him in practice all the time because right. uh, like I've seen him get yelled at in practice but he could I don't we just don't know where he's at but as for the if we're just looking at the price and what he's done on the field I say we take the option and keep going and see how he does what is this his third fourth season with us third. Just curious. I don't have it pulled up in front of me. Right. I don't have that computer. Maybe only second. I don't know. All right. Now that, to the forward That line? segment really trailed out there. <laughs> yeah. It's our. Yeah. It's his third season. Third. This was. Okay. Right. Yeah. But also certainly the most. I mean, double the minutes he'd previously played. Right. The front line. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> That's a Is good, there any controversial decisions there? No, not at all. No, none. Okay. Conversation done, right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't need to talk right. about that anymore. Let's well, first of all, let's talk about 
our boy Kyrie. What should the team do, and what will the team do? I have no idea what that wave meant. We didn't. Bye we didn't bye. discuss what that meant. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you were waving. <laughs> no. Don't don't pass bye bye. this to me. Is what I. Took <laughs> our, our podcast sign language is not very good. <laughs> what what did everyone else take that wave as from Robert? What did he What did he mean by that wave? When call on Robert. No. I, no, call I took it as don't I'll call on me. Oh, I took it as don't call on me. See, that, that's why it was too ambiguous. Because I I took this. it as like. Yeah, you know, here, ooh, 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 ooh. you know, Literally. he was like, he was doing a silent Horshack treatment there. Ooh, ooh, Mister Cut. Uh, Only so, certain people in our audience will get that. Yeah. Anyway, so go look at Cody. Kyrie is twenty nine years old. He makes three hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. What will? What should we do? What will we do? Um, you, yeah, Cody. I mean, Kyrie, Kyrie's got to go. I, I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm not gonna do that to myself and my Twitter mentions and say right now that we should At keep Kyrie. that Cody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I. I was. Um, yeah, there's there's someone else out there for for cheaper. There's someone else out there that could score goals for ninety thousand. Someone in USL that could score more goals than that. Yeah, there's actually been a couple guys in USL that we should have picked up, but we didn't. Um, anyway, he goes because it's going to be best for him. He's got. I he's, agree with that. If he wants and to keep team. playing, I mean, he could he could turn around, man. People have 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 bad seasons. I mean, Shallowy went you know year and a half not scoring anything. Someone right? in in Major League Soccer will pay him to play on their team next year. Probably USL. That's yeah. But that's yeah. but he could. But if he goes down there and and dominates and scores, then he pops back up with an expansion team, right. and that's quite all right. And I wish him well. Have him. Um, <laughs> Look, he's a he's a guy that you you get what you get from him when he's at his best. I mean, we we went for a couple of years talking about how he helped other people be better on the field. He didn't score a lot, but he helped other people be better on the field. Does that mean he's going to all of a sudden turn around and start scoring goals? No, he's not. When you have a guy like uh, Polito who can do much of what he does, assuming Polito comes back, when you have a guy like Willie who scores and does some of what Shelton does you still need another center forward option because we don't know what Polito's at. But I think for Kyrie's mental health, he should go somewhere else. I agree. And, and he's been, he was miscast or forced into a situation that wasn't him. He's not a center forward. He's a, he's a winger. Well, he That's was a center forward position. at one point in his life. Right. But that was a different level. A, right. Yeah. And again, he's, I think he, he can be useful at the center forward position as long as you have the team around him. That's the right team. But when he's not at his best, that's and he's not been at his best this year. And I think a lot of his mental. But yeah, I don't. I, we don't need to debate whether he can be a center forward or not because right now he's just played so poorly that and at the end of his contract, might as well just let him go somewhere else and wish him really well. Yeah. Is that the only controversial one up front? I mean, like, <laughs> shall we just David is shall we thoughts? Shall we just resigned? Johnny's got at least another year. Janice um, is new. He's got a couple years left. And Willie's got a couple Willie, years. Right. So then the conversation we had what, last week about Polito, and I think for all the reasons we talked about last week, and if you haven't listened to that one, thanks for listening to this one. Go back and listen to last week's pod. Uh, I think, you know, Polito comes back. So really the only question is, what do we do with Kyrie? And if, you know, I think you can find somebody at replacement level to – to a play zero, a zero war player. Like essentially, baseball. yeah. I mean, essentially, right. Like you could find somebody in the league for you know ninety thousand, hundred thousand dollars. Uh, Vancouver picked up Brian White off the scrap heap, and he became like a huge contributor to their team. 
making the playoff run last year. Um, and he was a cast off from Red Bull. How's he doing this year? Uh, probably, I think, fell off. But it's Vancouver. A cast off from the Red Bull. Good job. <laughs> Said the name, the singular Red Bull. That's right. There's uh-huh. only one. I don't think the brand even knows about that. They go back and forth sometimes. Yeah, I've heard people discuss that, and I don't know what's, what the it right really answer would be. So. As a marketer and uh, as a brand manager, it really bothers me. For as bad as Brian White was this year, in about the same number of minutes, he scored four goals and has one assist to Kyrie's. One goal? Two if you count Open Cup. Was it? Oh, well, he is the Open Cup assassin. That's right. But one goal, one assist in league play. So are we going to talk about needs, or have we already followed that number six and a center back? I think we did cover that. Have we? Is there a need on this team that we have not discovered yet? Do we need reinforcements on the front line? There we go. We didn't really talk about the front line. Yes. Where? Right wing. Versatile. I mean, I think Johnny's can play both sides of the wing, so it's – and I, I feel like he'll come back stronger this year. I mean, he'll come in stronger because he'll have a training camp and be used to the system at that point. And Better. He'll be uh, more competitive for some of those spots. I think I think Daniel needs competition because I think Daniel will thrive with competition, but he needs to earn the spot. And I think we need somebody to back up Johnny on a regular basis because he's going to be 33, 32, 33 next season and uh, – it's not an effort thing with him. It's not even a mental thing with him, but it's that at some point the wheels are going to fall off. You know, a lot of people talk about, oh, Tommy can play out in the wing, but gosh, he's just so good in the midfield. I, I'm sure he could, but he's just so good in the midfield. I just would like to keep him there. And then people say, I got out wide, and I'm like, no, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think his game would translate out wide. I think he's good in the middle. I think he's better in the middle. I th- I've seen, I mean, watching him play, he's been out wide sometimes, and he looks good there uh tommy looks really good out there quite honestly because there's well uh, it's because he's cutting in too yeah he's not but he's like he's out wide and him and shallowy are like occupying the same space at times and that's can be a problem by design though it can be a problem and it can also be a, a benefit if they have good chemistry and understand each other yeah do we pick up cave red's option why are you going back there (laughs) Because I'm, I'm just now getting to that on the, on the, on the article that you guys should He's all read on thorough. the bluetestament.com. I think the single biggest need that this team has is the six. Yeah, I think, our, I think we decided our wish list is a center back, a six, and a winger. Primary being which one? Six. Center back. Yeah, I say center back too. Everything. Okay, depth at the six are we talking or are we talking a starter at the six? A starter. Okay, so you're going to put Voltaire back at an eight? Yeah. I mean, Voltaire I think, will get time elsewhere, and then at the six, and yeah, he'll, he'll get on the field. Again, I think competition's important. And is next year when the League's Cup starts up, we're just going to pause the season? Yeah. Um, you know, there's going to be more games. But this team, the way that Vermees plays, needs a strong number six. That's why we were really good when Yuri was here in 2013. It's why when... You know, we were finishing first in the West with Elie, was because this team needs somebody who can provide some cover for the center backs and who can be a progressive passer. And it also affects us tactically. One of the things that Elie used to do was drop between the center backs, and it allowed 
uh, Beasler and, and Opar to kind of spray out wide. It allows us to put the fullbacks higher up the pitch to play into the attack. We're not doing that as much with Remy. We don't do that at all with Yuri. So it changes, depending on who you have, it changes how the team plays tactically. But when we were at our tactical best was when we had an elite best 11 number six. Team has also won a cup with a Lawrence Olam at the six. So it just depends on who you have uh, and who yeah, you like play. Nine iterations of MLS ago. Right. Lawrence Olam. I'd want to Like, would, <laughs> like, would Lawrence Olam play for a single team in the league right now? Like, no, Lawrence he's Olam, old. Lawrence Olam at his best. Like, <laughs> he's 20, retired. 2012 Lawrence Olam. Does he make a single roster in this league? Yes. Does he start? He wasn't supposed to start then. <laughs> there was injuries, man. Okay, so I find it a little bit interesting that so much talk about the center backs, but then we choose a number six as our biggest need. I, find that I a didn't. Bit interesting. You didn't. Okay. And what are your thoughts? Uh, I said center back. I said center okay. back. Uh, and why, I, guys? I would like a six, but I'm okay with it being depth competition for six, not mm-hmm. the elite six, because quite honestly, if we look at the last couple months, it wasn't because we got a new six, it was because we got a new 10 and a new nine that we all of a sudden started playing good. Um, so th- he's a serviceable six in this league. And sporting played well against teams. They beat teams. They scored goals. It had nothing to do. And they didn't give up a ton of goals in that period of time. It was because the everything in front of the six was better because of those two players. Okay, so Cody's probably not happy with the fact that this has run so long. Maybe it is. I don't know. But let me throw this out. The game we lost 4-3 at Austin. Um, the game, what was the other game we had to lead and we ended up drawing? Where was that? Galaxy. Okay, so where were the problems there? Was it at the six? Was it at the center back? You know, we still have those issues. So without going back and looking, because I'm trying to go off of memory, yeah. one of those goals was because a rather old guy who had not played a lot this year was on left back and kept a guy on side <laughs> that should not have been. Yeah. That was at least one of those goals. Yeah. Uh, I believe there might've been one where a center back had let somebody jump over top of him, but that I, I could be confusing that with another game without going back and looking at that. Yeah. So seriously, I would have to go back and look to be, to be confident of this. Sure. But that was on the road at a team who's playing really, really well right now and had not lost there. So yeah, to, to say what's the problem in that particular area. I, I know one of those was because, yeah. again, poor Ben Sweat. I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to hammer on him like a lot of people do. Uh, but he did not get back. He did not get up far enough, and that guy was on, and he scored. I don't remember so what it was. So I just bring that up because I think we need to look at that and see where our issues still lie in those type of situations. And did maybe Yuri sub into that game also? That's not a lot of them, I think. Yeah, so that could be contributor of two goals. <laughs> so my, my other thing is actually a non-player acquisition that I think we need to make, which is a set-piece coach. Because we, we're not scoring a ton off of our set-pieces when, when we're taking them, and we're giving up just an ungodly number of that's, open looks. Courtney's why I want on a set-piece. That w- that's the driving factor behind my reasoning for wanting a center back. We need a big bruiser. We need a guy that's going to head the ball. It'll help on the offensive end, on the defensive end. We, we need, we need that, that guy. For a while. I yeah. want a, I want a set piece coach. That's, that's the, that's going to become the new, the new DP striker, the mythical DP striker that Sporting Kansas City can never get. We can never get the big bruising center back that can score goals with his head. I'm not arguing, man. I mean, I'm like, 
uh, a modern day Ike or even Ike part, but like Ike did it a couple times. But even him, I always felt like he should have scored more. Even that he was playing during the the era where we never seemed to score during during set pieces and corner. Hey, he scored a bicycle. I think we he tend did. to look at we don't recognize how many times we do score off of set pieces, uh, corner kicks. I'm saying short. I'm okay. Yes, we have talked about many times we score off second chances, but I'm talking. Cross the ball in to the big center back and have him head the ball in the back of the net. Reeling Colin MLS Cup 2013. Have, That's what Cody wants every night. I'm referring to, I'm, we just mentioned Eichel Parr. Remember that time in when they were playing in New York and Matt Beesler would do the, the long throw-ins? And it was yeah, I miss that. I miss that. skinny little field in New York, and he just launched a throw-in in there, and it was the most, most perfect corner kick ever. And Ike headed it in, and we have not – I don't think we've done that since. In all of this argument with you, I agree that a set-piece coach would be great. <laughs> I think it's really helped the U.S. men's national team because I heard they hired one. Cody's point is it coach doesn't do much <laughs> difference if you don't have the personnel. Yeah. The U.S. national team. Let's, let's, tr- let's talk about how they dropped the ball today. Okay. We can go, we can go to the Yanks. It was atrocious. It's the second. Oh, atro- wait a minute. You're calling was- the game before that. What would you use term-wise for that game? I don't think that word exists in the English language. We are, of course, referring to the U.S. men's national team playing two tune-ups, one against Japan, one against Saudi Arabia today. Neither looked good at all. Thad, you seem to think today was better? It was better than the Japan game, yeah. yeah. We didn't lose. Yeah, probably, yeah. I mean, yeah, they didn't lose. Um, they didn't lose. <laughs> All right, that's that's we're gonna win the World Cup with that. They didn't lose. Did you think we we're gonna win the World Cup with this team anyway? At this point, yeah. Sometimes I do think that there are times that they look really good. Um, they have not played well away from home in general the last couple of years with qualifying. But I mean, it is tough to do away from home in all the Concacaf places. But I had a I have a soccer hating uncle who told me that America will never win the World Cup until kids are, you know, all of our kids are playing soccer in the streets on a regular basis. And yesterday, while on a walk with my dog, I saw two young boys kicking a, like, I don't even know, like a little, uh, like a crab apple or something on the ground. And it was just like, oh, my gosh, two young American kids just making do with what they have, yeah. playing the beautiful game. And I was like, oh, my God. We're gonna win the World Cup. Did you my video? Uncle, it? My uncle was right, In and it is lifetime, happening perhaps. now, and we're gonna win the World Cup. So yes, I can talk myself into it. Well, how old were they? Oh, we're talking, you know, eight, eight or nine, ten. Okay, maybe. so I'm we're talking like three World Cups from now. They'll contribute. Yes, from their days of kicking the crab apple. It wasn't a crab apple. That was the only thing I could get out of my mouth. You know, trees just drop random little green balls sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> okay, crab apple um, is what I'm going with. Okay. Anyway, we're going to win the World Cup. So, eventually. I mean, who knows if the form in these two tune-ups really affects anything or means anything going into the run-up. England has also not been playing particularly well. Right. They're in our group. They drew with Germany yesterday, 3-3, but they got relegated from their group in the Nations League. They scored goals, though. They did score goals, but... It was but exciting, our, our but they didn't group, stop people from scoring goals. <laughs> our whole group did terrible the, the whole window. Both both games, all, all teams. Except for Iran. Yes, Iran did. Who did they play? Iran beat uh, Uruguay 1-0 mm. and then drew with Senegal 1-1. And Senegal's very legit. They actually scored both goals that game, too. I always like when teams do that. 
So, I mean, nobody in this group is playing well in the run-up. Uh, Garrett Bale and Wales got relegated from the from the Nations League group that they were in. Um, By Ukraine. Yes, which, I mean, I think we're all on Team Ukraine right now, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I Pulisic got hurt again. Yeah. Um, Did he? Yeah. I didn't hear that. Uh, in training. Oh, okay. But, but he, he played today. And, Gio, played today. and yeah. Gio Reyna went off in the 30th minute. With yeah. tightness. Right, yeah. Because that's what you want to claim is your problem is I'm tight. Our players um, are glass, <laughs> man. And that is actually one of the biggest issues with the national, with the U.S. national team is they are all All fragile. of our best players. Pulisic, McKinney, Reyna. Yeah. Literally all of them. You can because one of the complaints Adams. I heard somebody saying is like, "Oh, we didn't have our best team out there." Well, nobody has their best team out there at all the points, but damn, these guys are so fragile, man. And so everyone after these two games worried, you know, we're not going to make it out of the group. I have been trying to say this out loud so people are like prepared for it. I've been scared of this group like since it came out and the schedule came out because if you look at this, that the first game, if that first game doesn't go right or we and we don't beat Wales, like the next two games might just be for fun, basically. If yeah, 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 for sure. Like how the, how quickly all of this buildup could just smack us all in the face is is really painful. This first game, just about like we come out, the ball's rolling, we're dominating, we're all over Wales. Greg Berhalter's figured out a way that that Barrett, Gareth Bale's not doing anything. Garrett Garrett is not doing anything. Uh, and then and then you know it's 78th minute, it's still zero zero, and then someone crosses in a ball and it hits a a, a trailing hand and they get a PK. And and we lose to the Wales, and then and then and then we lose to England, and then a win against a win, a win against Iran would would do nothing. I mean, the whole group is hard. England is has the most elite. I mean, some of the most elite guys in the world. Iran is a really strong side. I, I'm trying to not sleep on them. They're a really strong side, and Wales has Garrett Bale, who's one of the ten best players in the world when he doesn't have a blown out hammy. Um, they've got some really legit guys. It's a he hard sides to put out effort. Yeah, which he does for Wales and we, on the golf course. We might end up rooting for Iran to play spoiler against one of these other teams. That might they might end, right. us, end up helping us if we don't get that win against Wales. Yeah, this My, is very much a group that the the U.S. can beat all three teams and it, they could lose to all three teams. Yeah, and yeah. it's it could go either way really easily. I feel like the U, that's just how you can talk about the U.S. that way at all. Like, I, I almost feel like that with any you could put any three teams up there, and it's like, wow, they could beat them, or they could definitely <laughs> they could definitely. Do absolutely nothing. So my, my fear is, you know, assuming that they're healthy going into the tournament, Pulisic and Rain are going to make the squad, but they're both often injured. And I'm remembering back to 2014 when Josie Altidore, uh, Josie Altidore popped a hammy against Ghana in the 12th minute or something, oh, and yeah. it fundamentally changed the entire tournament. Yes. Right. Um, so who, who slots in and who scores those goals? Because... Everybody keeps asking who's going to be the number nine for this team because we don't have anybody in the player pool who wants to play the nine and score goals. But Terry Shelton, <laughs> Christ, <Good> uh, God. <laughs> but you know if we're talking about Pepe and Ferreira and you know Josh Sargent all trying to fight for that number nine spot. But who subs in if Pulisic gets hurt? Who subs in if Reina gets hurt? Who who are we going to start? You know, I guess Brendan Aronson, who's been yes. playing well for Leeds, he's good. But like is Paul Ariola making Yeah, the that's that's who yeah, he's next up after probably both of those players. Right. That's how you finish last well, in your group. And I we still have Weya out there who's <laughs> I don't want right to hate now. on Paul Ariola too much. Yes, no, that, he's, yes, that you're right. 
Paul Ariel is not bad. He's, he's and, I, and the only reason I say that is because it's like he he seems to me to embody what this team lost. Yes. After through so many years of maybe Jurgen years of that the hard nosed, hard to beat will will run until they die yeah. kind of kind of players. And and he 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 can do that. He can frustrate the other team. Tyler Adams is a little bit a little bit that guy as well. So I, I yeah, Ariel off the bench, hell yeah. Yeah, it, <laughs> to close out games and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't yeah. necessarily want him starting unless it's just a, a game that you don't care about at that point. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we still have Wea out there. I don't know what his injury status is. Another to him injury back. guy. Uh, yeah, not quite as much as Pulisic, but yeah. I, well, uh, I I could be wrong. You have, but in the forwards too, you still like. Why did they not call in Pfock? I know it's like, oh, he's not this guy to play our system. Yeah, he scores goals. That's not the system. He's banging in goals in the Bundesliga. I know. He's, I know. He's scoring. For a mediocre I'm, team that's at the top of the table, or they were a couple he, a week will, or two. I ago. will be disappointed if he's not on the. Well, he's not. Plane. He's not. I, I mean, unless somebody goes in and twists Greg's arm. Yeah. Now, so it's easy to be negative on this team. So I'm going to try to be positive. So I'm going to play that side of it for the moment. I believe I saw the stat today that they lost their last tune-up game in was uh, early 2000s, and that's the one they went to the quarterfinals. So losing and not playing well in those early games or those tune-up games don't necessarily reflect how you will do in the in the World Cup. Also, a lot of what I saw in the last two games uh, was effort carrying. Like it wasn't that. I think they were trying to play a system against Japan. Japan read it and they didn't make any changes. Well, maybe you don't want to make changes because that gives away what you're going to do next, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, the. Uh, Wales coach was in the stadium today writing notes down. Uh, everybody's going to look at that Japan game, and they knew exactly what they were going to do every time. But you don't want to necessarily give away everything you can do. So that I'm okay with that a little bit. But a lot of it just seemed to be like they knew it was not important. The, the games that have been important in the qualifying, they have mostly stepped up. Uh, there's been a couple when they didn't do it in qualifying. But you had guys like Pulisic score goals. You had guys like Geo score goals. You had the some of the guys who are rumored to be number nines score goals. Not a lot of them, but so you have Weston score goals. You had Musa, who's also not there. Uh, You have, uh, uh, I'm not sure how to say his name, but Malik Tillman, who is now there and looking decent. I mean, I think he needs to get used to him better, but Malik. So I've always said that Malik. anyone. Yeah. Okay. I'm not good with pronunciations. So, so a, a little bit of optimism is that they have the ability to turn this around and be better than what they were in these two games because they were not important. They didn't matter. I mean, that's like judging sporting in a friendly uh, against some team that they knew that they weren't going to care about in League's Cup or some. You know, they put out the worst lineup possible. That would never happen. And then got Ozzy hurt. Uh, can we also real briefly, though, talk about how ugly these kids are? Yeah, just give me the hoops. Just give me the wall. Especially up next to <laughs> the two really cool jerseys today from Saudi Arabia. Like, this is, it doesn't take a lot. Like, there's just cool, some subtle design in the background of the white. Just, it, just give me the Waldos. Why is it so hard? Give me the Waldos. I'm, I am all the way Team Waldo. Waldo till I die. That so, should, that should be our La Albi Celeste. That should be our, our Brazil yeah. yellow and blue. Should be it. Completely agree. There, I mean, there's a, there's enough iconic 
U.S. kits out there that they could have chose one of a couple or three or four or five, but no, they went with the bomb worst pop. possible way. The bomb pop also would have been yeah. another. Good and choice. I hated that one, but it would still at least be iconic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's <laughs> been sashes that looked good. There's been oh the sash. Oh yeah, for sure. You know yeah. the 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 semi hoop flaggy kind of looking one. Yeah. Uh, or not hoop, but bars, I guess. I, any of those the denim were better kits. Than I mean, come on. There's just been <laughs> I <some> know. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I would buy one of those. So, so my personal my personal mantra for this World Cup is: I'm going to try to have fun watching the team. I'm not. I'm absolutely not going to buy any Nike gear unless the team wins the World Cup. That's the only way I will buy any Nike gear, and I am going to do everything I can to not mention the country they play in, unless I say that the slave owning Qatarians. I'm not sure how it's Qataris, Qataris, Qatarians, Qataris. I don't. Qataris. That sounds the, the slave owning bastards in that country. Uh, that kill people and do that and are now conscripting people to be in their security forces. Oh, is that that's happening now too? I, it's what I heard on the radio today, so I don't have I have not seen an article on it, but that's what I heard on the radio on Sirius Satellite Radio. So I, I will think that they were going to be pretty accurate. So the I'm, I just wanted to, we should update the number of deaths every single time that we talk about this on this yes. podcast. And in, in February. Uh, February twenty third. It was uh, sixty five hundred. Was the was the estimate? Yes, for a FIFA bribe is why these people died, and it is. It was one thing when you played it in Russia or South Africa or Brazil, where I mean Brazil doesn't really need to grow the game, but maybe it grew a little bit more because they built stadiums out in the boonies. Whatever. In Russia, you could at least say that it would help grow the game there, yeah. but right now they can't really be good because they're in an unjust war against Ukraine. And there's all these things that, but there's not going to be a domest- great domestic league in, in Qatar, Qatar. No, and the stadiums will will go unused after this is done. Like, it, it's just, it really is gross. It, it's, it, I'm, I, I'm, very conflicted about all of this. I, I don't know how I can not talk about the the U.S. playing in a World Cup, but yes, I think we just need, like you said, we just need to make sure to to, to remind everyone this entire I time will, about it. I, I, I hope that when it's going on, we meet regularly to discuss the games that the U.S. is doing well or not or whatever. I mean, I, I really do want to talk about the U.S. national team because it's not their fault the game is there. But FIFA... We know you have had your problems in the past and probably will in the future, and the place it's being played at, the place it was played at before that, should never have been hap- should never have happened, and we should hold them to that standard and completely always tie the, the bad part to their name. Speaking of having fun watching soccer. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> was my go, high Cody. note, wasn't it? There you go. The Kansas City Current have made the playoffs in their inaugural season. No. No. It's the second year. That well, oh, yeah, they did have this team, the, that team name last year. Yeah. Okay, well, it's still impressive. Is that another fine? Third third or fourth of the night. My ki- can my kids go to college on Cody's <laughs> fines tonight? <laughs> what did I? Mine's there that? now. I need the money more What's than you What's the tweet do? that yes. I saw that, that, uh, that confused me on that? I'll have to go find that. Uh, I'm going to blame the internet on that one. I read the internet wrong. Well, the current name wasn't actually... Brought out till the end of the last season, very end. Wait, that is yes. I, I'm that is what I read. That, I think that's the tweet that because 
they wore jerseys in the final game, right? They put on jerseys that said the current. In the second in the half of the game. final game. <laughs> in the second half of the they final announced game. it at the halftime. So there you go. I'm calling. They're the that's the current. But it's not the inaugural season for the team. Okay. I right. still yes, I, I mean, did admittedly this still is, read the internet wrong, but I, I'm holding to that intro there. The current and the current made the playoffs in the first year of the current. This existed. is not the 12th year of Sporting Kansas City. The current are in the playoffs the first year the current existed. I've I've amended my opening statement and it, <laughs> it existed last year. Wrong. Yeah, it's still, it's still <laughs> wrong. The Kansas City Current, formerly Casey Woso or Casey yes. NWSL. Yes. In their second year of being back in Kansas City. In their first year with the team name of Current. Second year of having the team name Current. No, it's not. They took the field with kits that said Casey Current on them. As a that was a, a prop in the in the second half. We've already established that. So in the forty five minutes, they of the changed final game, their name at that prop. moment. The website was different. It's still the, their so, name. but this is still the first season. They didn't play a season like that. I'm gonna win this. I'm like a dog with a bone. Okay. Well, so there's one match left in the season. They play uh, Racing Louisville, who's towards the bottom of the table, right? Yes, they're out. Right. They're currently in 10th out of 12. Uh, current are uh, sitting in third with 36 points. They're one behind uh, the Rain at 37 and uh, two behind the Thorns, who are leading the league with 38 points, both of which are also playing teams that are out of the playoffs. Yes. The current could finish anywhere from first to fifth, depending on results. Yes, that's a good decision day. Except it's not a decision day. No. The games are split over three days. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so much for that. Uh, and actually, that was like one of the complaints that one of the yeah. uh, women soccer writers complained about. is like, oh, the league's been around for this long, and they still haven't don't have a decision day. It's actually pretty hard to do a decision day, maybe. I, I, yeah, for sure. very few of them are in places where they control their stadiums and can say, this is right. our date, get out. Um, and then I don't know if they have enough referees to do all of them at the same time. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't even consider and, that. And broadcast teams because they have mm-hmm. generic centrally located <laughs> broadcast teams, which yeah. – uh, but on a speaking of broadcast teams, the play-by-play announcer for the last current game was our friend Ali Trost-Martin. Ali got a play-by-play gig, huh? Yeah. I missed that. So go to Paramount Plus and you can replay it. So, Thad, what is, uh, in your mind, the best-case scenario for the current in this last game and seeding the playoffs? I think they probably finish third. I think probably Portland and Rain get their wins. I think the current gets a win or a draw at racing Louisville. Third gets us a a home, home playoff soccer, right? It gets one home playoff game. Do you have a preferred opponent? No, anybody there right now is tough. They're, I mean, they really are. Most all of them playing good right now. So, and it's hard to be playing any better than the current though over the last like months. Because what they had thirteen games unbeaten, which was nine wins and four uh, ties. Then they lost three one in Chicago, ish. and now they then they had a tie, and then this win it was a three nothing win. And you know, like the the thing that Willie brought to Sporting. Willie Gata brought to sporting was joy and happiness. And I mean, just, you know, looked everything as upbeat. Uh, them playing this last weekend against the Washington Spirit was joy, happiness. I mean, uh, there was five goals scored, only three of them counted since the other two were technically offside, but at least in theory. And there was three good goal celebrations. Lola Banta had a new one. Um, CC Kaiser had one. 
And then uh, Clara Laboge had a unique one also. But Potter pays no attention to those. No. <laughs> <laughs> we did ask actually Roger today about that too. So he's like, yeah, I, I don't have any put input in that. So he goes, I have no creativity. That's all low. I said, could she, you know, create one for you? So when you sell, you know, <laughs> and he declined. When you don't drive one over the bar. Yeah, when it doesn't go 10 feet over. <laughs> he got goal of the year at the pitch black. We didn't talk about that. Yeah, but let's finish up with the current here. So, all right, playoffs begin when? Stumped him. Uh, let's see, the second round would be the weekend of the 22nd, 23rd, so it was the weekend before that, so... Yeah, there's got to be a week off after the season, and then yeah, and then the first round, and so, then so October October, op, October 16th right. are the yeah. are the first round of games. October 23rd is the semifinals, and the cup final is October 30th. Yeah, except it's I know one place says the 23rd, but other places say the 22nd and 23rd. So, hmm. so that's pretty quick. Okay, I'm ready for some playoff and soccer, the, and then the final in DC. So the format is what just one match. Yep. Yep. I assumed. So they, I would say high probability they get a home game on the weekend of the 22nd, 23rd. But we shall see. Is there anybody in particular you're hoping we match up with? No. Like I said earlier, they're all good at this point. I would love for us to knock out the rain. I would love for Sporting to win this weekend against Seattle and then for the current to knock out the rain and then to... (laughs) Trapes over to Sounder at heart and just drinking all the tears. And then beat uh, Thorns in the final? No, I want them to go out early. The Pacific Northwest doesn't deserve it. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> Current to beat the Thorns in the final. You no, I want, I want them okay. to go out earlier. Oh, yeah. Okay, all right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Portland's more of the evil empire than the uh, Raynar in this case. But. All right, I say we end this before I get fined any more money. How much money do I owe? I feel, like it, I feel like it's a... I don't know if we have a standard. Where's the fine jar anyway? That has How much are books? Around. <laughs> Go Sporting! Go Cincinnati. And three on goals ain't all that rough. Our skipper has just been sent off. Some part of strong evolve comes off my butt for tanks. Got me drinking. My butt for Team's got me drinking Give me real whiskey, winter gin Anything to shake this moment